This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Thought a few days were going to go by before the NFL took control of the sports world again. Thought that they were going to let the NCAA have March Madness, have the have the final championship game tonight as Kansas takes on North Carolina for all the marbles. Thought that the NFL was going to kind of sleep a little bit and get through tonight and get into Tuesday and then start popping off with some new news. But... Nah, it's not the NFL style, right? So some big news coming out of the NFL, and this offseason continues to be a crazy offseason leading up to the NFL draft that gets started on April 28th right here in Las Vegas. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man, Demon Cotton, and your boy Q. And the trade that I was talking about, the big news that came out of the NFL today, the Eagles and Saints made a big trade. And it's so funny, as I was getting the alert, I was having a little bit of lunch, I was getting, getting the alert, and I'm looking, and I'm looking, and I'm trying to break down this trade, and I keep thinking, man, there's something missing from this trade. There's something that's not there, something I'm not seeing. Oh, yeah, it's a player. Who just got traded for? What player just got moved? Well, in fact, there was none. No players got moved. All the Eagles and Saints did. The Eagles received number 18 overall pick, number 101 pick, that's in the third round, number 237 pick, that's the seventh round, 2023 first round pick, and 2024 second round pick. And the Saints received the number 16 overall pick, the number 19 overall pick, and number 194 overall, which is in the sixth round. So that's the trade that goes down. No no players exchange anything. No players change locations. Just the draft capital moved. And so my inner gut tells me that that means a guy like Malik Willis will probably be a Saints quarterback. That's what that tells me. There's not a whole lot of quarterbacks to get fired up and excited about. There really isn't. And it kind of tells you all you need to know when – the Saints just moved up to number 16 and got the number 16 overall pick and feel pretty good and confident that they can get their guy. If in fact, that is who they're going after tells you all you really need to know about the quarterbacks in this year's draft. But there you go. A little bit of a shakeup with the upcoming draft. And of course we're getting excited about that just here locally fired up about the, you know, the, the draft being downtown and started to see some pictures rolling out about the, the NFL and everybody trying to put everything together and look like so. Pretty fired up for that, and, and here we go. Start the week off with a big trade, and we'll see what happens after that. DeMond is uh, fired up coming off the weekend. WrestleMania happened, man. How, how fired up were you about WrestleMania? I'm not a wrestling guy, so I'm not going to sit here and spend a whole lot of time talking wrestling. But And I apologize. I meant to have you do a preview of WrestleMania on Friday, and we ran out of time because we had a short show from the TI. But I saw so many people on Twitter talking about this two-day event that was apparently amazing. So I got to give you your, I got to give you some time. What was your thoughts? It was fantastic. No matter what your expectations were going in, they over-delivered. Okay. I mean, just one of the best WrestleManias I can remember, especially since they've started doing two-day best WrestleMania. That's been two days. Night one was fantastic. Perfect on every note. Night two had a couple of dips, but still pretty good. But that night one was mwah, chef's kiss. <laughs> Well, okay, this so is why you want to entertain? Well, let me ask you, what was the biggest highlight for you? What was the oh my gosh, I'm so glad I didn't miss this moment? Woo, it's gotta be Stone Cold Kevin Owens main event of night one. 
Okay. Stone Cold hasn't had a match in 20 years. Right. And it's one of those things, you know what's going to happen. But he comes out there, him and Kevin Owens, because one of the things, his neck, his back, his knees, his knee braces are up to his thighs. Right. You don't like, but when he took a suplex onto the concrete, that's when I was like, he's back. <laughs> he's back. He's in it. They backed up the Brinks truck, and it was Stone Cold. We need you to go out there and steal the show in the heart of Texas. That's basically what they built the feud around. Kevin Owens, who's French-Canadian. Yeah. And he's just like, Texas is dumb. Oh, wow. And you're not going to disrespect Texas. Oh, wow. Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out, has a match, you know, and it was fantastic. Best match of the weekend was probably Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Okay. Really outstanding. I have no idea who any of those people are. Well, Bianca Belair, (laughs) former track athlete at the University of Tennessee. Okay. She had the Texas Southern Marching Band come out and play her intro for her entrance. And that was a great match. Cody Rhodes making his return to WWE. The son of Dusty Rhodes. Okay. I don't know if you know that name. I do know that name. Okay, I recognize so that name. So his he was son, a blonde-headed dude, right? Yes. Okay. And his return was one of those, you knew it was going to happen, but just to see it. He had the same entrance that he had in rival AEW. We talked to Tony Khan. Cody Rhodes basically started AEW with okay. Tony Khan. Okay. So for him to leave something that he started from the ground up to go back to WWE... That's a big defection right there. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There's a I mean, there's DeMond go on and fired on. up about also, uh, WrestleMania. McAfee. Yeah, what happened with Pat McAfee? Great entrance. I mean, he probably had one of the biggest pops of the night of people just wanting to see him wrestle. And also, it was a pretty good match. I mean, you know, Vince McMahon got in there towards the end, and it got a little wonky. Vince McMahon? Yeah. Wasn't he like 70? 77 years oh, old. Jeez. And Stone Cold comes Stone Cold comes out for night two, starts delivering. He gave if Vince you McMahon, don't get your old ass yes, out this ring. The way he tried to take, the, it was the worst thing you've ever seen in your life. Unbelievable. But then McAfee takes a stunner from Stone Cold, you know, drinking a couple of beers. It was fantastic. In the jackass match. Johnny Knoxville from Jackass. No. And Sami Zayn. Oh, no. That match also. No way. There's no way. There's no way that was good. It was fantastic. Watching a bunch of clowns fight each other. There's no way that was good. One of the the biggest moments. I said, I'll tell my kids about this moment. Oh, jeez. We man from Jackass. Oh, no. Yes, he is. um, If you tell your kids about anything, please don't tell them about that. We man from Jackass gives Sami Zayn a body slam. Some people are saying it's just as big as when Hogan. Body slammed Andre oh, I'm done. to see a man of such small stature. I'm so done. Deliver a cue. You should have seen it. So I gave you hope, huh? A man of such small stature could do something big, huh? I also went to go play basketball yesterday. Q, you should have oh, no. saw me. Oh, no. Saw, yo, this is the month's weekend recap. No. should have saw me out there on the court, Q. No, nah, we're going to have to get. I was a problem out there. I bet you were a problem for your team. Your team was <laughs> like, man, who picked this guy? I have no doubt you were a problem. That, no, you know that what? I have no doubt. If there was a guy out there you would have made more fun of him than me. <laughs> oh. A dude about a good six, eight, six, nine. Oh, he was had big for nothing. T- had him on man, get tall, man. Wasn't doing a damn thing. He was big for nothing. I can't stand cats like that. Just big for nothing. I got all this size. What you gonna do with it? Nothing. Gonna go read a book? Unbelievable. All right. Well, there it is. That's DeMond's weekend recap. So, okay, <laughs> let me ask you this before we actually move into some real conversation. What was bigger for you this weekend, WrestleMania or Duke, North Carolina? Ooh, WrestleMania, but because North oh, Carolina geez. for me. That's not even real. It is real. It's not. It's, it's really scripted. It's still real to me. Oh, Lord. But North Carolina. And the Santa Claus is, too. If this would have been 10 years ago. Hope I didn't. Hope North no Carolina, kids are riding in the car right now. If they are, I apologize. It's still real kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> I went back to my old tweets. I used to be the biggest North Carolina fan. Like, all my old tweets from high school, like, the biggest UNC fan. So if this would have been about 10 years ago before I went to college and had to switch those allegiances, 
that would have been the biggest game for me. I still want to laugh at Coach K. He lost. Took the L. I'm a Coach K hater. I'm not mad at that. Yeah, and I loved it. That was a fantastic game. But, uh, yeah, that, for you to even say that those two were close in, in proximity and then say that WrestleMania was bigger than that, Shame on you. Oh, yeah. Shame on you. The North Carolina game was the, like, there was, ah, I That can, was the best. That was the best of the best. That was a fantastic game, and I feel sorry for the game tonight because there's no way going to live up to that hype that we had Saturday night. North Carolina already won their, their national championship. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. That's, uh, no, no, no. No. No, there are no. No, there's no <laughs> consolation prizes, yeah. young man. Well, no consolation. Oh, we're just one. happy to be here. Nobody feels that they're way. Not tra- they're not just happy to be there, but it's just like, no. Q, I'm sure you've no. had this in rate. You did such a good show. And then you got to do a show that you're like, yeah, you know, I'll do you're it. You're only as but good as your final show. But you're already smoking that cigarette of just like, whoo, no, damn, no. that was good. No, hey, I could, yeah, I, I got those moments. But no, I'm no. If North Carolina goes out there and loses tonight, what they did Saturday night don't mean nothing. No, Q, it don't come mean on. nothing. What you don't get consolation prizes? It, it's not a in consolation but, prize. But wrestling. But sometimes you feel better about some all wins no. are not created equal. North Carolina is not a team that's just happy to be there. North Carolina is a blue blood. It's about championships. It ain't about we just beat Coach K. You think Hubert Davis is gonna be happy with we beat Coach K twice? No. You think those North Carolina fans? I don't care they, about the fans. They, they the are the fans be that. damned. The fans be damned. It's about the cats on the court. See, that's why you're a wrestling fan because yes, that's what matters is fans. Yeah, when Hubert story Davis be retires damned. from North story Carolina, be damned. that's going to be. You remember when Hubert Davis is first? He could have three more national championships after this, but it'll be. Hey, you remember when Hubert Davis's first year as coach took down Coach K in his final game and took him down in the Final Four? What happened after that? Can't remember. Man, but man Coach Hubert Davis. What a I'm run. going for Hubert Davis in North Carolina. I want the Tar Heels to win tonight, but I'll tell you right now, if they don't, it ain't no, it ain't no going back to. Well, look what we did Saturday night. It don't matter. All the pressures on Kansas. It don't matter. North Carolina's playing with house money. They are right playing now. with house money, but they want to go win it. They're they're champions. They're gonna. I'm just saying that they don't. No, there ain't no if. If they don't, then they lose. They take a L. What they did Saturday don't matter. Just getting there is great. Now, now go win the damn thing. Unbelievable. I'm not saying Constellation Prize is a real cue. Yeah, I think you are. I think you are. That's why in wrestling you guys probably have like 18 different belts. Oh, here's a belt for being a Constellation Prize. Here's a belt for showing up to the party. Here's a belt for being a belt. I mean, just whatever. Unbelievable. Coming up on the show today. Thank you, Damon. I do appreciate the weekend re- recap, though. I saw you on Twitter pretty active. Got my man Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots. Also, uh, 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 Patriots Country SI from SI.com. He's going to join all things. I want to talk... Patriots. I want to talk what Josh McDaniels does for the offense. We've talked about how he's a really good play caller and we expect the, you know, red zone to be more efficient for the Raiders. But I want to, now that the dust is settled and we know about the players that the, the Raiders have right now offensively, we know that the big guns are Devontae Adams. We know that the big guns are Darren Waller. We know Hunter Renfro. We know Josh Jacobs. We know those guys are all in play. So I want to ask Mike about the offense and how he sees each one of these guys being used. And then also in the red zone, you know, Mick Lombardi, the, who's the offensive coordinator for the Raiders, he actually did a lot of the play calling in the red zone for the Patriots last year. So how does that get, you know, put into the mix? How does Mick Lombardi play a role in this? Because Josh McDaniels is the play caller. But then is Mick Lombardi going to sprinkle some in too? So I want to kind of get uh, his thoughts on that. As a matter of fact, the, the theme for the show today is going to be the red zone. So I'll throw that question out there in a few minutes. But Mike DeBate will join us at 2.30. Again, host of Locked On Patriots, does a great job there. He'll talk all things Raiders offense under Josh McDaniels. 
3 o'clock, we'll have cover three NFL news and notes of the day. A lot of news to get to, so we'll we'll do that over the weekend. There was a lot of stuff that rolled out, but uh, we'll get you all caught up on that. And then at 3.30, Cam Rogers. He's uh, from the Believe Podcast Network. He's a national sports betting and golf analyst. He's going to join us to talk about the Masters. And normally, I would give a squat about the Masters. I really would. I'd be like, man, whatever. I, I just wouldn't, right? Wouldn't make me no difference. But since there's a possibility that Tiger's going to be playing. Oh, since there's a possibility that Tiger's going to be playing, I'm intrigued. Just knowing that there's a chance, just a slight chance that he could be out there, it caught my attention. Because normally, whatever. You're telling me Brooks Kepka isn't doing anything for you? Brooks Kepka? Yeah, he's, that not, who you in, or, or, he's not doing anything for no, you? No, no, no. But his name is Brooks Kepka, not Kepka, or whatever you, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Jordan Spieth doesn't either. You know? Rory McIlroy? No, no. Finally may get that Masters Th- win? This is the thing for me. And I know golf is a, a great sport. I know people are really good at golf, and it's very hard sport. But it does nothing for me if Tiger Woods is not playing. It did nothing for me leading up to Tiger. It's done nothing for me after Tiger. I know that's not the right approach. I know that that's not cool because there's a lot of young guys up and coming. I get it. But for me and my money, it's Tiger or nothing. Simple. Hideki Matsuyama is defending no. his gold jacket. That's fine. I mean, excuse it's me. Green that, jacket. Yeah, I'm about to say, it's green not jacket. even gold. Green jacket. That's excuse right. me. That's right. Jeez. It's green. Come on, man. You've got some exciting players here. No, no, you're right. The, the, the young golfers are fantastic. They just don't do anything. It's not going to make me stop and watch. But now Tiger's out there, or there's a possibility he's out there. I want to know about it. I'm all, I'm all good. Especially since he got into this horrific accident just a year ago, and now he's got this great chance to go play. I thought he'd never play again. Dude's out there doing, doing his thing. Or look like he's going to do his thing. He's calling it a game-time decision. So we'll talk to Cam about the Masters coming up at 3.30. We'll sprinkle in some of the other players, of course. I'm not just going to make it about Tiger, but in my mind, it's all about Tiger. It's fine. The game is just different. And you can see it. You can see it when, when the tournaments are going on. You'll see the crowd. If Tiger's out there, the crowd is totally different than if he ain't out there. There's some diehard golf fans that will be out there. But for the majority, they're out there when Tiger's out there. It's just reality. And you also see it in the ratings. And you see it in the ratings. Exactly right. He did something for a game that I don't think anyone could ever do. He made a cat like me interested in in golf. It's just simple as that. And that's great. That's good because it got more eyeballs on it, got more people talking about it. So, I mean, what he was able to do for the game is awesome. (laughs) Got a tweet. You had to go there with the kids in the car. Fudge. My bad, Dundee. Well, you know, DeMond got me going. And yeah, you wanted to put down wrestling so bad. I know, but you just made me Her bring up kids the dreams. No, no. I was just talking about Santa Claus at the mall. I wasn't talking about like the real. I was talking about Santa Claus at the mall. That guy. We all know that he's just, you know, doing community service. Kids don't know that either. Oh, they don't. <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and shut it on down then when it comes to Santa Claus. Sorry, Dundee. Got you twice. <laughs> That is all bad. So those are the guests that we have coming up on the show. Let's go ahead and move on from Santa Claus because there's no reason to ruin anybody else's uh, uh, Christmas that's coming up months from now. So uh, we'll get back to Santa Claus talk at a different time. But now will not be the time. But it is time to go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. I think one day those kids are going to thank me anyway. The kids are going to be like, man, I'm so glad that Uncle Q kept it real with us. <laughs> I don't think any kids ever excited when they find out Santa 
when they well, fuck. Yeah, hey. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm not saying that. Yeah. But, you know, when they get that bad news, I don't think any kid's like, I'm glad you told me. I mean, you didn't already have a hit, though, when you were little. Didn't you kind of already? I mean, you're still little. But, I mean, like, besides that. You want to know what happened to me? I mean, yes, I do. I wait, I was at Grandma's house. Okay. I waited by the chimney. actually had a chimney. And I waited there by that fireplace all night. Nobody came down. And then I realized. Then you knew? Yeah. Then you knew. You actually waited by the, the chimney. All night, man. Oh, oh man. Oh, DeMond. First, hope alive. first wrestling, now Santa Claus by the chimney. That's all good stuff, though. Good stuff. So, for the Raiders, I wanted to ask this question. Again, uh, at 2.30, we're going to talk to Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. want to talk about the Raiders' offense. I want to know, throw it out there to you on the Sam and Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Also, uh, the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Who do you believe will provide the biggest impact in the red zone and why? And I'll give you a couple options. Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, or other. Because there may be somebody that I'm not thinking of. And there may be somebody that DeMond's not thinking of. So I threw out some of those, uh, those options out there, some of the players that I think are going to be impactful in the red zone. But I want to hear from you. Who do you think is going to be have the biggest impact in the red zone and why? Again, Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, or other. And I'll just go ahead and start things off. And I've been talking about Josh McDaniels and his play calling and why I think that that's really going to help in the red zone as well, just because they're going to throw the ball into the end zone more. I really kind of, I mean, I, I hate to just pick, say that, oh, it's going to be between, between these two guys. But I really think that Hunter Renfro is going to end up really eating in the red zone because I think all attention. We know the success Devontae Adams has had in the red zone. We know what Darren Waller could possibly do. He's one guy who a whole lot of touchdowns, but you know with his size that he should be able to be used in a major way. But for some reason, I think that they're going to get all the attention and Hunter Renfro is going to get left on an island with somebody and he's just going to just abuse him. I just I picture I picture the days of Derek Carr looking for Michael Crabtree in the red zone, in the end zone, and even especially that Thursday night game against the Chiefs, where I, I promise you he went to Michael Crabtree. It felt like four plays in a row when they kept calling a penalty or something happened. Well, like he went to him four times in a row. Finally got the winning touchdown in the corner of the uh, the front corner of the end zone. Uh, I just I think that Hunter Renfro is going to really end up being that guy because he's not only going to be a go to dude you know, between the twenties up and down the field. But once it gets to the red zone, I think that's, you're really going to start looking for number 13. So I, I would not be shocked at all. If he comes out of this season with the most touchdowns on the team. Ooh, just throwing it out. That's there. even more surprising. Not that he can't, not that he can't do right. it, but you feel like that like his red zone touchdowns are going to be up that much. I, th- I think so. I think so. I think again, for every reason I just mentioned, I think that the, all these other guys are going to get a lot of attention. I know that Josh Jacobs is going to be able to do his thing. He's a touchdown scoring machine. I think he has like what 28 touchdowns through three seasons. That's pretty stinking good. Uh, I, I know that he can, he can get to the end zone all the time, but I do, I really think that you're not going to see a thousand yard season from Hunter Renfro, but you might see a more productive season from Hunter Renfro, which means more touchdowns. So that's, that's kind of what, where I'm going with it. And when we talk to Mike at two 30, that'll be one of the questions. Like how much do you think a guy like, Hunter Renfro can eat in the red zone in this kind of offense with Josh McDaniels. All right. Well, my pick's going to be Devontae Adams because I think that the Raiders haven't had in a, in a long time, even though Darren Waller has been that guy, but the guy you throw that back shoulder fade to, and he's got that history of making those catches, hitting the toe taps just right in the back of the end zone. Because a lot of people like to say Derek Carr doesn't make those throws. 
Well, maybe he just hasn't had that guy where he's got the chemistry with and he believes in enough to make those throws because from what all I've seen with Devontae Adams is this guy is going to make those tough grabs. Right. No, he's going to do that. And I saw a little video. I'm sure you saw it floating around as well. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams in the car together. To, and uh, I think Devontae Adams put like good work today or something. So it looks like they're already working which is what everyone expected them to do is already get to work. Raider Mike hit us up at 69187 keyword R&R with Brian Edwards being the odd man out. I could see him benefiting in the red zone. That's a, I like that answer. I really do Raider Mike. I appreciate that answer because again, if Brian Edwards is able to get on the field, he doesn't have any pressure like he had last year. I mean, remember last year, John Gruden said, oh, this guy, you know, he he's T.O.-like. And so that's all everybody heard was T.O. And we all know T.O. is a Hall of Famer. So that kind of put a lot of pressure on him. He didn't materialize. He didn't he didn't develop into what we all expected him to develop into. I, I go back and, and say this multiple times, though. He is a dude that catches the ball 99% of the time with his hands. Where he's not letting it come into his body, he catches that with his his hands. He has some big old mitts. I like to call him vice grips. He can catch that rock like that. He could end up being a, a X factor in the red zone that I wasn't even thinking of, you know, just because I was, I was somewhat disappointed from what we saw from him last year, where Zay Jones really started to develop as the season went along. You didn't see Brian Edwards develop the way that we all thought, but uh, Raider Mike, that's a really good text. I do appreciate that six, nine, one, eight, seven keyword R and R that's the way to hit us on the salmon ash text line, but you could also give us a call at 702-365-9200. Who do we have up? ABA Ivan Davis. ABA Ivan Davis, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for taking my call, man. It's like a funeral uh, out here in Oakland a little bit. You know, congratulations on getting the A's. Good luck with that. <laughs> oh, man. Look, don't get me but, started on those A's, man. Don't get me. I did a whole podcast about them damn A's today. Don't get me started. Yeah, I know. I just, I just, I just I'm wishing you good luck with that. <laughs> but uh, uh, my thing is, I'm, I mean, this is a hard one. This is a good one. Uh, it's going to be, I say Josh Jacobs, with all the attention that you must give to the wide receivers, okay, there's going to be nobody in that box. If, I mean, he's going to literally be able to walk into the end zone. It's like they're going to have to give that up, okay? And so I just don't see – I don't know how they can stop any of them. I like Brian Edwards too, but I think – actually, I think he's going to have an easier 1,000 you – know, I think he'll have a 1,000 yards rushing easily because – you simply can't put anybody in the box. Who, who who's going to stop him? And then he's hard to tackle to begin with. Yeah. So it's like how you want it. Right. Right. Okay. Right. And so that that's all I have to say. One of the few sh- times I have a short. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thank you for the call, my man. I do appreciate you. Yeah, we'll get into that A's conversation at some point because, man, as an A's fan, I'm so disappointed in what they do five days out from the beginning of the season, and they want to go disrespect their fan base. I must have missed it. What they do? They traded their opening day pitcher. They've traded like everybody, like everybody. Like, don't get me going again, because I'm serious. Like, how do you trade? Listen, what happened, Devon? We got more callers. I know, but this is how disrespectful the Oakland A's are, and they want to come to Vegas. Man, keep that, keep that somewhere else. Go somewhere else. Oakland doesn't even deserve that that joke. Oakland deserves better than that joke, but they sure don't deserve to come here. Let me tell. You. And I'm an A's fan. They traded their opening day starter. Five days before the beginning of the season. The season starts on the 7th. So it's like three days from now. And not only did they trade him to the Padres, they played the Padres a couple hours later, and he pitched for the Padres a couple hours later. And then walked to the dugout to say goodbye to his friends, his former teammates. Like, who does that in the history of baseball? Who does that? Got me fired up again. Went to bed fired up last night. 
because I was so angry about this situation with the A's. Really angry. Thank you, Mark Davis, for not being them. They are such a joke. They can keep that joke somewhere else. I'm kind of Vegas with that. Who we got up next? Fargo Raiders. Fargo, welcome to the show, man. Sorry to steal, to steal the thunder. What's on your mind? Oh, uh, you know, I'm right there with you. First of all, thank you for taking my call, Q and Demon. I'm right there with you, man. I was, I, I'm, I will be eternally pissed that they blackballed us out of out of uh, O'Donnell Cole, mm-hmm. only to eventually want to go to the same place that we did. Facts. Like, come on now. Facts. That's that's terrible. You can't do that to somebody. Agreed. You can't ruin the relationship, burn the bridge, and then try to rebuild it. It don't work like that. Now, Demon. I know you sat in front of that fireplace, but it could have been worse, man. I know there's a couple songs out there about old boy catching uh, Santa kissing mom. It could have been worse. So, you know, what, what can you do? Damn. As far as the biggest difference, yes, sir. As far as the biggest difference maker to me, I'm going to say Devontae, but not because uh, not because the touchdowns, but because he's going to command so much attention mm-hmm. between him and Waller right. that anybody else will be able to eat. I mean, anybody. And now we don't have Gruden doing these cute little things thinking, oh, we can just kick for three and there's no way they can march down the field. I'm sure that this regime is going to say, nah, we got the nail in our hand. Let's nail that coffin. Thank you guys for taking my call. You have a great day. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, my man. Good stuff. And I'm keeping a little a little tally here of uh, of who everyone thinks is going to be that difference maker. So far, Devontae Adams has two votes. Hunter Renfro has one. Josh Jacobs has two. And Brian Edwards has one. So uh, just trying to keep a little bit of track. Want to see where Raider Nation is at as far as the red zone goes. Because, again, that's the biggest Achilles heel for the Raiders. You know, they haven't been able to cash in in the red zone. I think you're going to see a big difference this year. I just want to know where that big difference is going to come from. And, look, it doesn't have to be focused on just one person. You know, Devontae Adams might catch so much attention, everyone else might eat. You know, everyone else might eat because everyone's paying attention to Devontae Adams and all the success he's had over his career in the red zone. Can we take one more uh, call? All right, let's get one more. We got Derek on the line. Derek, welcome to the show. Got to make it quick. Hey, thank you guys for uh, taking my call, guys. But uh, I agree with you, Q. I mean, Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro, Hunter Renfro. I mean, we already seen what he did last season without Devontae Adams and with Darren Waller out for all those games where he was hurt. But Hunter was still getting all the touchdowns, still eating. And everybody knew it was going to him, but it really didn't matter. You know, Hunter Renfro is just the route king out there. I mean, this guy breaks these defenders' ankles. I, I don't see any reason why Hunter Renfro wouldn't even have more touchdowns and more successful years. Nice. I like it. Hey, good stuff, Derek. Thank you for the call. Appreciate you. And uh, that's what we want to know. We want to know that today. That is the topic. Who do you believe will provide the biggest impact in the Raiders' red zone uh, offense this upcoming year and why? Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, others. Let us know about it. 69187, keyword R&R. Don't call in right now because we will have coming back. Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots. He'll talk to us about the red zone offense, Josh McDaniels offense. All that good stuff is coming up next here on Red Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Getting a lot of feedback on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Question I threw out there, who do you believe will provide the biggest impact in the red zone and why? Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, or others? Got a text. I can see Josh Jacobs getting a ton of touchdowns in the red zone only because the weapons we have at wide receiver and tight end are too lethal in such a confined space. 
I'll leave some holes in the D. It'll leave some holes in the D for Jacobs to carve out. Good response right there. I like that. Let's let's uh, let's find out about that Raiders now. Their new red zone offense and their offense in general. We'll talk to our guy Mike Debate, host of Locked On Patriots, and also writes for Patriot Country for Sports Illustrated. And Mike, thank you so much for your time this afternoon. I do appreciate you, my man. And really want to do a deep dive into Josh McDaniels' offense and really what the Raiders should expect now that we kind of know who the players are going to be after the acquisition of Devontae Adams. Of course, they already have Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs. Just with those weapons right there, those big-time names, how explosive do you envision Josh McDaniels' offense looking for the Raiders? Uh, He can definitely dial it up to you. There's no question about it. Look, Josh took a lot of heat in New England for being uh, very, uh, uh, how do I say, conservative on third down and running the ball a little bit more and not utilizing some of the weapons at Mac Jones' disposal. I can guarantee you that when he had Tom Brady under center, Josh McDaniels did get creative at times and did utilize the full capabilities of his arsenal. I think he did that with Mac a little bit last year. That's not a knock on Mac Jones, but what it is is just, I think, a product of the environment that he was in in trying to incorporate new pieces into his offense, whether it be Mac, a first-time quarterback, or someone like a Nelson Aguilar, who Raiders fans know pretty well, mm-hmm. also John o. Smith at the tight end position. With this type of an offense now, you know, Josh definitely has a lot at his disposal. Derek Carr obviously is going to be the centerpiece as the quarterback, but Josh Jacobs is going to get touches in the red zone. He's going to be someone that uh, the Raiders can rely on. Uh, don't be a bit surprised to see Devontae Adams get looks in the red zone. I know it's not his forte. He's usually the stretch the field you know, type of receiver, but he can do it. And Josh is going to throw looks at teams that they may not be expecting to see. The guys that I'm looking for to be, those red zone targets, I think, is going to be Darren Waller. You're going to see a lot of Hunter Renfro. Uh, Josh loves his slot receivers. There's no question about it. Don't be a bit surprised to see a new acquisition as well. Brandon Bolden gets some looks on third down in the red zone. He did a great job of being a target for Mac Jones in New England last year. I look for that to continue with Derek Carr in Las Vegas this year. You know, I'm glad you brought up Brandon Bolden. He was a guy that I wanted to ask you about. And uh, not only that uh, Brandon Bolden acquisition at the running back position, but also the fullback, uh, Jacob Johnson, he comes over as well. Uh, what are those, those two guys? What, what do you kind of envision for them in the offense? Oh, they can definitely be people that Josh can dial up and rely on, people that he knows their capabilities very well. Jakob Johnson is a very good fullback. He is a traditional fullback, and you're going to see some of those looks now in Las Vegas, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Jakob is an excellent blocker, one of the better inline blockers that you'll find and really plays the position well, but he can be a little bit more of a threat in the offense than people give him credit for. Catcher, uh, he can run the ball effectively. He'll be someone that will line up on the goal line, and he gives you that uncertainty in terms of opposing defenses. Is Jakob lining up purely as a blocker? Is he absolutely going to be a person that they can rely on when it comes to uh, his pass catch capabilities? Definitely listen for a lot of the plays and keep your eye on a lot of the plays that uh, the Raiders run in uh, not just necessarily in uh, preseason, but also in training camp. It's going to be very telltale as to how they want to use these guys. So to me, Jakob is going to be a very good um, uh, addition to this team. He's a very good run blocker. So if you see him in the lineup, it's going to mean a lot of extra yardage for Josh Jacobs. With Bolden, again, I think you're going to see him be a very big contributor on special teams, one of the best coverage special team players that I've ever covered in the NFL. And again, he can be a very effective weapon in the offense on third down running the ball and especially receiving the ball out of the backfield. These are two under-the-radar signings 
have, you know, based on a lot of the national credit that mm-hmm. they've gotten. But believe me, here in New England, we know their capabilities well. I think they're going to do a great job in Las Vegas this year. All I got to do is get used to saying Jakob's name right, man. I can't be disrespecting him and saying his rent name wrong. I got to get it right. <laughs> Jakob. I mean, that, that just sounds aggressive, right? And uh, Jakob gets the ball. You got to say it like that, though. You got to have some energy to you. Jakob with the one-yard gain touchdown. You know what I mean? Like, that's, 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 just, that's just how it's going to have to be. Talking right now with Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots, also uh, Patriots country for SI. And, Mike, uh, as far as McDaniels being a little conservative last season, do you think that was more of a product of just kind of not trying to put too much on Mac Jones' plate? Or was that just, you know, the, the players that were on the field, he thought that was the best way to utilize them? I think it's a little bit of both. I think there's definitely a little uncertainty when you're heading in with a rookie quarterback. And look, for all intents and purposes, Mac Jones came into training camp and beat out Cam Newton for that job. I think there was a real ground swelling in New England prior to training camp that Cam was here to be the starter and that Mac was going to come on a little bit later and maybe even get the keys to the kingdom midseason, maybe even after year one. Mac played very well and proved that he could be that guy. So I think a lot of it was on-the-job training for both Josh and also Mac Jones. You want to be careful with a rookie quarterback. You don't want to burn him out or to put him in situations that he's not comfortable in. It can really be a problem moving forward. He's not going to have that problem with Derek Carr. Derek can definitely do the job. We've seen him do it years, year after year. Uh, having someone with the capabilities of Josh McDaniels coaching him I think is going to really help his game a lot. He's been well-coached in the past, but I think this gives him the opportunity to really settle into an offense that Josh McDaniels loves to employ, an aerial attack based on vertical routes, quick timing-based. You get the completions from the quick, the accurate throws. He's got the deep threat on Devontae Adams that he can dial up when he needs to, but I think it's going to be interesting to see the pairing between these two guys. I still expect Josh to be able to get the maximum ability out of Derek Carr and that receiving core that's going to be fun to watch in Las Vegas. Hey, Mike, we've seen in this offseason when new offensive coaches get hired in Denver or in Miami, it's always, hey, He's a, he was the offensive coordinator, but he never called the plays. What do you think that relationship is going to be like between Josh McDaniels and Mick Lombardi now that he is the offensive coordinator? Well, Mick is actually a fairly good game planner, and he's a pretty good play caller as well. I had the opportunity to really get to know Mick a little bit more last year. He was a little bit more talkative with the media, kind of got a little bit more uh, you know, camera time, and it really helped us to be able to find out exactly what he can do. He brings a wealth of knowledge, and he's had his hand in so many areas on offense, and he's worked as a defensive coach in the past. This gives you such a dimension that really I think when you look at the type of uh, synergy that he's going to need to have with Josh, there is the familiarity there that's going to allow them to work very well. But I think Josh gets it a little bit more this time than his previous head coaching stint in Denver. I think he realizes he needs to utilize his staff, lean on his staff, and listen to a lot of different ideas. But ultimately, the buck stops with him. You'll see that in Josh McDaniels, but having Mick Lombardi there is a big coup for him. Also, Carmen Brasillo, I think, is going to do an amazing job with the offensive line and bringing along, I think, a very good budding offensive line that can really provide Derek Carr with some good protection this year. Those guys are going to help Josh McDaniels be a better head coach than he was the last time around. Now, we'll get to uh, Brasillo in just a second, but did Mick Lombardi call plays in the red zone for New England or no? Uh, Josh was mostly the play caller in, uh, in the red zone for New England. Uh, Bill Belichick always has the final say, folks. I mean, there's always you know, that, uh, <laughs> right. that element. And Josh was very careful to say that several times, that Bill always has the final say 
in terms of what happens on the field. But uh, there was uh, a lot of Mick Lombardi's uh, thumbprints, I guess is the best okay. way for me to put it, in a lot of what the Patriots did offensively. Uh, but ultimately, it laid with Josh. So uh, I don't see that being a uh, combative type relationship, or I don't see uh, you know Mick taking any more of a back seat. Uh, I think he's going to utilize Mick Lombardi very similar to how Josh McDaniels was utilized by Bill Belichick here in New England. Uh, and I think in a lot of ways, that will be a good thing. Don't don't buy into some of the negative hype that you hear there. <laughs> yeah, when Mick Lombardi, he basically came up under Josh McDaniels. So are, is, is he almost a carbon copy of Josh McDaniels? Or are there some things that he likes to do different with an offense that we'll be able to see here with the Raiders? No, I think it's a little bit more of him uh, kind of putting his own stamp. I don't think necessarily he's a Josh McDaniels clone. I think Mick is going to be a little bit more aggressive on third down than we've seen Josh. I think he's not going to necessarily rely on the short, quick screen pass, uh, utilizing play action out of third down. I think that's where you're going to see Mick Lombardi maybe take some chances. He also has some weapons at his disposal that he can utilize. He's got Darren Waller at the tight end position to be able to get yardage in those situations. He's got Devontae Adams that can flat out fly, and he can be, you know, a uh, you know a number one alpha receiver. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how guys like Josh and also Mick Lombardi are going to game plan to utilize Hunter Renfro. Uh, I really am looking forward to that. Uh, because we've seen uh, the Patriots utilize those types of receivers for so long. It's really going to be interesting to see how that relationship is going to be. I, for one, can't wait to watch this offense this year. Talking right now with Mike DeBate, host of Locked On Patriots here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. Now, I mentioned getting to Carmen Brasillo. That's the offensive line coach. Uh, I know he hasn't been an offensive line coach full-time for a very long time. I know that he was kind of the co-offensive line coach, but you sounded pretty excited by what he can do. So tell us a little bit about Carmen Brasillo. What does he bring to the table? Uh, he brings a tough, no-nonsense type of approach to the offensive line. I think that's exactly what you need in an offensive line coach. Spent a good number of time under uh, Dante Scarnecchia, and in a lot of ways, if you ever, and I always say this, if you ever need you know, if you ever need help, who's a better consigliere than Dante Scarnecchia in New England? The guy's seen it all, done it all as a member of that coaching staff and really one of the finest offensive line coaches I think you'll ever find in any walk of either professional collegiate high school football Dante's done it all and Carmen spent a good amount of time uh, being a student of his but he brings a lot of that type of approach to an offensive line I think you're going to see him uh, utilize toughness you're going to see him utilize the swing guys very well it's something that he did in New England last year uh, they had a you know share of difficult injuries that they had to overcome Trent Brown was on the shelf for a number of different games. Right. That caused a lot of problems for New England. But once he was able to figure out the synergy that this team needed and plug Ted Karras into the guard position, moving Michael Wainu and allowing these guys to be able to utilize their strengths, uh, it really helped this line come together. So uh, Carmen is adaptable. If there are any uh, um, injuries on the O-line, and you and I both know, Unfortunately, it's a factor of uh, it's just really what happens right. when it comes to uh, uh, the rigors of an NFL season. Offensive linemen do have a tendency to get injured. Uh, don't fear because uh, Carmen Brasillo was well battle tested 
in that area, and he'll have a plan and a good plan to be able to continue the continuity. Well, it sounds like the Raiders' offense is going to definitely have a bigger uptick than they did last year. Of course, they they dealt with a lot of issues, including Gruden resigning, Henry Ruggs. We know that tragedy, but uh, just really that offense was never that dangerous. But I feel like, especially with the acquisition of Devontae Adams, it could be a lot more dangerous, and particularly in the red zone where they got to get touchdowns and not field goals. Mike, great stuff as always, my man. What do you got coming out on the Locked On Patriots that we could be on the lookout for? Uh, Locked On Patriots this week is going to be uh, uh, off-season acquisitions. Uh, we're going to be able to break those down. Jabril Pepper signing in New England yeah. is official. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about Josh McDaniels, and we're going to be talking a little bit about a void that the Patriots are going to feel on that coaching staff. Who's going to step up? So definitely stay tuned for that this week. And a lot of written content at Patriots Country on Sports Illustrated as well. Uh, you can always follow me on the Bird app, too, at uh, M-D-A-B-A-T-E-N-F-L for all the Patriots content coming up. Boom, there it is right there. Hey, Mike, I appreciate you as always, my man. Great stuff, and I look forward to talking to you down the line. Absolutely, Q. Thanks so much. Always an honor and a pleasure to come on. No doubt about it. There he goes, man. The great Mike debate, talking all things Josh McDaniels and his offense, what to expect. Go a little bit deep dive into some of the assistant coaches that uh, the Raiders have again, and really just wanted to focus in on the offensive side of things today just because, well, we're talking all things offense. So got a couple things for you real quick. Uh, hit us up at uh, 702-365-9200. I'm looking for caller number nine right now. You want to go see Megadeth at the Michelob Ultra Arena. It's going down Saturday, April 9th. That's this upcoming week along with lamb of god we got your tickets right now all you gotta do is hit us up be caller number nine and we're gonna get you laced up like a tow truck 702-365-9200 and then of course we also want to hear from you who do you think is going to give and provide the biggest impact in the red zone for the raiders this upcoming season and why Devontae adams hunter renfro darren waller josh jacobs or other Holler at your boy. Let us know about it. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation. This is Bruce Buffer, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. It's time! Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Got to give a big shout-out to Chris. He was winner of Megadeth tickets. Going to be at Michelob Ultra Arena this Saturday, April 9th, along with Lamb of God. Got hooked up with a pair of tickets. So, uh, Chris, congratulations on that. If you want tickets to see Megadeth, we have more on the way. Trust and believe that. Plus, we also have an opportunity for you to get hooked up with a staycation. You're going to team up with TI, where we're teaming up with TI, to provide a a staycation. We'll tell you all about that a little bit later how you get hooked up with a $50 gift card from Vegas Sports and Hockey. That's, I'll tell you about that in the, in the next hour, but I did want to give a big shout-out to my guy, Chris, for getting hooked up with, uh, with a pair of tickets to go see Megadeth coming up on Saturday. Now, we got into all kinds of conversations so far earlier in the show, and a lot of times we get responses by either the Raider Nation listener line, we'll get a response by the text line, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Sometimes we get responses by way of Twitter. And myself and Damon, as we got into a conversation earlier about Santa Claus, received this uh, video from one of our faithful listeners. Q, what do you mean Santa's not real? Come on, man. <laughs> so that, that was young Drew Ruiz right there. And I wasn't talking about the real guy. I wasn't talking about, you know, Santa so Claus, Santa real. Claus. I was talking about the guy at the mall. You know, just the dude at the mall doing the community service. But Q. What? To children, that that Santa Claus is Santa Claus. No, he can't be at every mall in America. How do they know he's at every mall in America? Because every mall has one or two. Have have you ever seen Bad Santa? They travel the world. So, well, how do kids know 
If you were a kid in Vegas, you're not thinking about a mall in Charlotte, North Carolina. Well, maybe you're thinking about a mall in your old neighborhood. Hey, look, every 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 city has a couple malls. You think Santa's just chilling at each every mall? So it's like you know, the mall Santa's not the real Santa. That's the magic of Christmas right there. That Santa can somehow be at all these malls. Oh, yes, Q. Well, that's the one I was talking about. The guy that gets paid by the mall. That's not really, you know, that's the guy I was talking about. Not not the other guy. <laughs> sorry, Drew. <laughs> I gotta do better, Drew. I'm sorry. What I, do you I, mean? I let the Grinch come out in me. Sorry. Q, what do you mean, Santa? <laughs> come on, man. What a great video. What a great. The video's even better than <laughs> even the audio. But uh, thank you, Drew, for for hitting me up, man. I, I feel terrible now, but it's okay. I mean, some, somebody had to tell you at some point, right? Remember, Uncle Q. Just remember Uncle Q. You know that you got that guy in your family that's always going to tell you the truth, whether you don't want to hear it or not. You know what I mean? You know you got that. You know you got that one uncle that is always talking. You're like, oh no, here he goes again. He's talking. Oh boy, someone's about to leave the room angry. So, you know, it's like the guys that come over to the family reunion, or they come over for one of the holidays, and then your your uncle, he's usually drunk, is uh, up there talking. <laughs> and you're like, oh man, don't get him started. Please don't get him started. Here we go. That's what just happened. Without being drunk. <laughs> it's funny you say that because it's not an uncle for me. It's grandpa. Well, there you go. See, but you know. You know it's somebody. You know it's somebody in the fam. So, yeah, shout out to Drew, man. I definitely appreciate you. But I did want to hear from you when it comes to the Ra- Raiders. Who do you believe is going to provide the biggest impact in the red zone and why? We've thrown out Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, and other. Got a couple different Brian Edwards uh, texts and a couple calls on Brian Edwards as well. So he's been thrown into the mix. But want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to The Purge. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? So here, so great. Here That's The Purge? I always listen to you on my way home, man. Just first-time caller. Happy to be here. Maybe the last time after that last. <laughs> right. After that last year. But you know what? With the Santa Claus thing, how do you know when the kids are old enough now? Kids are older than we were when we were kids. You true. know, how That's do you true. know when it's the right time to tell them that Santa's not real? I, like, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, man, we're talking all offense right now. And I just want to say I am super stoked, super stoked to see what Josh McDaniels is bringing to the table. I love Gruden, man. I, I was, you know, first time through his first tour through. Love Gruden. Loved him the second tour through. Unfortunate with what happened and everything, but you know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see a coach with a little less of a playbook, you know, a little less complexity to that playbook. That's all I ever used to hear was that Gruden was so complex with his playbook. And so I, I, I'm getting – I'm really ready to see what he has in store for us. Good stuff. Hey, thank you for the call, the purge. I appreciate you. And, yeah, I mean, I'm excited too. I'm excited to see what Josh McDaniels has in store uh, I know that the play calling, we've always talked about, you know, Gruden had his kind of, he was stuck in his own ways. And I feel like Josh McDaniels, and this is something we've heard a lot of, is a guy that's, he could change not only week to week, but even quarter to quarter, half to half. You know, he can do a lot of different changing of game plans if need be. He's able to adapt to different situations. I think that's something that's needed in 2022. You just, you have to be able to, you know, I always say, keep your head on a swivel. You have to be able to react quickly and change things up if you see something that's just not working. So that's uh, that's something that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, definitely appreciate that call, my wet man. Uh, got one text that said uh, from Raider Javi, Renfro, no question. J- 
Jacobs will eat better, but Hunter will have the biggest impact in the red zone. That's Raider Javi. And then got one more player I think is going to feast in the red zone. Has to be Hunter Renfro. His ability to create space and route running pair without the Patriots use slot receivers is going to be lethal. Can't wait. That's from PLR. So thank you so much for that. 255 is the time. We'd love to hear from you. 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Who do you believe will provide the biggest impact in the red zone and why? This is Raider Nation Radio 920.